0: Hi friends, welcome back. My guest today is Chrissy Mayer. She's a comedian and a podcaster and we're talking about how to avoid all of the mistakes that women make. A lot of success in life can be achieved by simply avoiding failure. I wanted to bring Chrissy on to discuss all of the lessons that she'd give her younger self from years of dating, family life, career prospects and estrogen in general. So today, expect to learn why no one under 60 years old should write relationship advice columns, why you deserve it all is a dangerous ideology, the biggest challenges Chrissy sees women facing in their careers, how to stop being single, why dating multiple men to learn the same lesson is a waste of time, and much more. Basically, I always like giving lessons from people who've been through the ringer of life and come out the other side with some interesting insights. Sadly, uh, being sans a vagina, my ability to give girls advice on how to live their lives is, is fairly limited, but I think there's an awful lot to take away from today if you're a guy, certainly in terms of understanding how girls' minds work. So yeah, maybe today can save some failing relationships and advance some careers all at the same time. Also, a little announcement, the Jordan Peterson episode, which was originally going out this Monday, has been delayed by one week. He's a busy guy with a busy schedule, and uh, that's been pushed back, but it will be out Monday the 11th of May. It's been a very, very long time coming, and if you don't want to miss that, you need to make sure you've hit the subscribe button so that you are notified whenever an episode goes live. In other news, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by DW Aligners. Diamond white aligners are the way to get the perfect straight smile that you have always dreamed of in less than 6 months and 70% cheaper than other invisible align methods their digital system means that you can skip regular trips to the dentist by using their at-home impression kit digital scanners around the UK and their dental monitoring system Diamond Whites can create a fast treatment for a fraction of the price compared to other invisible align methods it's an easier quicker and cheaper way to get the smile you've always dreamed of while still receiving all the support and expertise that you would traditionally plus They offer fantastic finance plans. Once you've got your first set of aligners, you track your progress using Diamond White's self-scan unit, which uses artificial intelligence and a team of registered dentists to ensure that you're moving forward correctly. They're half a billion scans deep on this system and counting. Within three to six months, you can have the perfect smile that you've always wanted. Head to dwaligners.co.uk forward slash modern wisdom that's dwaligners.co.uk slash modern wisdom or there is a link in the show notes below and you can go and get that straight smile today for up to 70% cheaper than other invisible align methods we're about to be re-released into the real world and entering it with a lovely smile would be definitely a good way to spend your time head to dwaligners.co.uk slash modern wisdom and go and check it out in other other news, this episode is brought to you by My Protein. One code to rule all of My Protein's website across the entire world. It is Modern Wisdom, all one word. It will get you at least thirty-seven percent discount on all products, including all of their activewear. The fant- I, I can't get over how a supplement brand has managed to make such good clothing. But you can get thirty-seven percent off everything from supplements to shakers, accessories and their apparel at bit.ly slash modernwisdom. That's bit.ly slash Modern Wisdom, or there is a link in the show notes below that you can follow. You can see all of the products that I use and recommend from my protein, including their supplement towers. I put it in my newsletter this week. If you haven't got one, it's about £3.50 or 4 quid. I think with discount, it'll be like £2.50 and it will change your life. Go and see what I mean. You will never miss your supplements again if you've got one of them. Also, the girls' two pieces of leggings and tops and hoodies and stuff are absolutely sick. Tons of colours and that massive 37% or bigger discount bit.ly/slash modern wisdom. This is available worldwide, wherever you are, wherever my protein shipped to, you can get this deal. <sighs> but now it's time to learn about the mistakes that girls make with Chrissy Mayer. Chrissy Mayer, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Have you managed to get dog poo off your shoe?
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's starting to be springtime here in New York, and part of that means going around the yard and picking up poops and throwing them over the fence.
0: (laughs) Why is that only a springtime thing? What happens in winter?
1: (laughs) Well, what happens in winter is they get covered in the snow, and then when the snow melts, like all the poops appear like, (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what's been happening here in New York. You're like, damn, somebody had a busy winter. And then you like say it to the dog and you're like, yeah.
0: I was walking, I went on a little walk earlier on. This is like a weird thing that people who love dogs, but don't have a dog do. So whenever someone that's coming towards me on the street is walking a dog on a leash, I won't make eye contact at all with the other person because this is my 15 seconds of dog attention for like potentially for the day you know if i have a a bad walk and i don't pick up many dogs so i just but i wonder what they must think of me because i'm just this psychopath walking past staring at their dog like longingly staring at their dog because i love dogs because they're awesome and um yeah yeah i just wonder i wonder if it weirds people out
1: uh it actually makes me feel really good to hear that you do exactly what i do i could not care less about the owner like it, exactly like i i hoard as much dog time as possible like <laughs> i almost think like you know like in, when i was in new york city more like there'd be dog walkers and then you'd be like jackpot you know i like <laughs> i would cross a street to to meet a dog and then like i'm like what would be like the next level thing that like the dog just couldn't i think if you just laid down that would be the thing the dog like could not avoid at that point it's like the dog is gonna jump on you so the humans, like, the humans yeah. just
0: there to facilitate you looking at a dog, basically.
1: Yeah. And I, and when I walk, actually, it's like my my boyfriend's mom's dog. But I feel like we're like close. Like I was there the day she came home. So I feel like I don't know. We're like we're close buds. If When people just go up to Muffin, I don't take it as a personal offense. I'm just like, no, she's super effing cute. Like, of course. Muffin. Muffin. <laughs> She likes to come in during my uh, podcast recordings and then she'll like, she'll sort of like put her paws up on me and like look. But then sometimes while doing that, she'll kick out my internet cord. Fantastic. Which uh, is less cute when you have like a really high profile guest. I'm like, oh, shit. And then you got to plug it back in. Can I curse? I've been cursing.
0: Curse away. Curse away. I want to talk about all of the common mistakes that women make when they're growing up and how to deal with them. Do you think you are you qualified for this?
1: I'm very qualified. I have made almost all of the mistakes. So, yeah, I think uh, I think I'm I'm definitely qualified to talk about mistakes in my uh 20 <laughs> something odd years of life. No. No, it's like you don't really know until you become 37. Now I can confidently look back and be like, "Oh, yeah. Like if I had a younger like sister or niece or something like a, just a girl in her like late teens early 20s i'd be like sit down all right take take out a notebook
0: <laughs> all right so where do you want to start what's what's first
1: oh there's so much and uh and that's the thing is to start with it's maybe it's part of the um i don't know if it's like this in the uk but it's definitely part of american culture to like fully blame women or fully blame men it seems like the easy cop-out thing that you see folks doing is like like women love to say oh all men are stupid or just totally group overly grouping people uh like overly grouping the sexes like oh men are dumb all men do this and then it's easy for guys who aren't having luck to be like women are crazy there's you know there's no chance you know it's too much it's too difficult and that's that's what it is, is like you have to keep going out there despite getting hurt. It's like, yeah, that's that's also life. You know, I think it's just in the last couple of decades, we've like glamorized as a culture like like uh, the lack of hard work. And I think that kind of bleeds over to relationships, our jobs, our goals, like how we live our lives. It's like I think we need to just make in general hard work like, cool again. And I've had, like, versions of this conversation with so many people. But when it comes to relationships, I yeah, I can only observe, like, what I've seen, uh, like, what messages I've absorbed as a woman. And usually, like, a lot of young women will go for their sources of advice or information, like, magazines or like for me I know like magazines were big growing up or like n- like now it's kind of all of this is mixed online so it's like our magazines our news our apps is all kind of in this online world and that's where we go for advice because like we don't want to talk to our parents our parents aren't cool maybe we don't have older siblings like or maybe our parents aren't like my parents weren't in a healthy relationship they stayed together but they didn't like <laughs> they were like from what I could observe, they didn't like each other, they weren't kind to each other. And uh, on one side it was great because I developed my sense of humor from their kind of like sarcastic, <laughs> constant back, like constantly roasting and, and undercutting each other. And uh, so that was good for like developing my sense of humor but for developing my sense of like what should I look for in a partner, it was shit. And uh, you know, a lot of times like like as women, yeah, we'll seek out like oh, magazines or advice from. Now it's like apps and like all these articles, and um, that is so not the place to go because there's so much bad advice in these like consumerist spaces, and I think so much of that. Is online and it just seems so easy to to go for everything online because that's like our our whole world is just in our pocket and we're looking we're checking it 50 times a day. And that was like a big thing I learned from you actually Chris the last time we did a show together. I've started charging my phone outside the room. I'm like, good night, phone. And then I go into my room and I shut the door and I kind of feel like free. I'm like,
0: free at last. It doesn't know <laughs> that I'm in here. Yeah, they can't get me while the phone's outside. That's such an yeah. interesting point about girls and role models, because we hear a lot about guys don't have the role models that they need at the moment. The Jordan Peterson movement was this kind of um, father to a million men, so to speak. We don't actually hear that about girls, but you're saying that young girls are also a little bit or can be a bit directionless without role models, too.
1: It's so, it's just in our nature to be, and I don't want to speak for all women, but like, I think a lot of women have this people pleasing gene. I think it's what makes us good friends, good mothers, good listeners, good nurturers. It's like your strengths and your weaknesses are always kind of Together, right, and we could go off on like what what they are for men too, but there's something kind of uniquely female about people pleasing and like we're perceptive. We can figure out what people want and give it to them without even having them to ask, like without their asking. And I think women all like will, and I can definitely speak for myself. Like I would expect that in my relationships, and that's that's what's coming up for me a lot in my current relationship because we've been together six years, and I struggle with this like well i can read his mind i think like why well, can't he read mine or like when and that covers everything from like what i want to eat to sexually you know what i mean and i go well i figured your shit out like you know not to get too graphic but <laughs> i'm pretty good you know um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's but um that's-
0: I, I think that you're right the agreeableness that girls have is so pervasive like, it's crazy when I think to some the levels of disagreeableness that my most disagreeable girl friends are. Like, in fact, I would put it out there that Michaela Peterson is the most disagreeable girl that I've ever met in my life. And I... Yeah. Like, I, I, she, she
1: was on my podcast too. And I, I, was, I was amazed. I was like, of course you're Jordan Peterson's daughter. Like, look at you. Like, you're just like, <laughs> you're such a bad bitch. And you're like, just don't apologize. I don't know why. I guess because my mom was very much I think it's helpful to look at your mom because you're you're gonna absorb I think more from your mother than you do from your father it's interesting like if I had a Mm. really great father that was like talking to me all the time and giving a shit about my feelings I think that would have uh manifested in the way of like maybe I would have had a better picker for in terms of guys and I think that's how that fucked with me but my mom is my example. Like I was you, – you're almost like it's a default. Like it's your template for your behaviors I think. And I never saw my mom like really stand up for herself. Like my, my dad didn't like beat my mom. But like he definitely was like not super nice to her in the way he would talk to her. And um just made her feel bad a lot from what I could pick up on. And, and like they always fought about money. And my dad would say stuff to my – things to my mom like, oh, like – the kids are messy. It's all your fault. Cause you didn't teach them to do chores. Like he was so, and he, these are boomers. Right. And so you gotta, if I'm going to throw them a bone, like they're kind of imprinted with this thinking of like, Oh, like my dad very much thought he could, he handled the outside work and outside the house was for men and inside work. The kids happened to be inside the house. Well, so <laughs> that's a mom's responsibility. But it's interesting because now that my mom's passed away and we just have dad, it's almost and I like now it's like, I don't, I can easily go a month without talking to him. And now I'll kind of talk to him and I'm good. Like I figured out my business. I like through a combination of like therapy and having the right people around me challenging me. It's I've kind of filled in my own gaps and I'm good. But when I talk on the phone to my dad, he'll say things like, you know, just like call me if you ever need advice or you ever, and it's like, I feel like he's kind of pawing at something and it's and it's not to be cruel. It's like, yeah, I'm good, dad. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like he's going for something that he hasn't built. You yeah. know what I mean? Like,
0: well, the other thing as well is there's this weird point that everybody gets to both guys and girls where your parents stop being the teachers and start being the students. There isn't a single person listening that hasn't had to teach their mom and dad how to unlock the iPad or to use internet banking or to order something from Amazon or do a whatever. Like, everybody's had to do that. And there's some point where the wisdom direction gets reversed and you're now teaching your parents. And this is probably being exacerbated because our parents' generation and our generation are so different. All of the rules that they used to play the game by, now they no longer work. It's not about a job for life. It's not about hard work and seniority will get you through the end. It's about like understanding networking and communication skills online and stuff like that. These are skills that have only come about since we've been here. How could they have ever learned them? And then, yeah, it is when the power dynamic switches. And um, there is a little bit of guilt. I can kind of get what you mean there, that you almost feel like not patronizing, but like a sense of obligation to still let the parent feel the respect. Like you don't want them to now feel like the child. You're like, look, I still need to, like you say, throw him a bone, so to speak. Um, yeah, it's odd. It's so weird when that happens. I don't know when it happens. I think it's about sort of early 20s, 25 maybe.
1: It is odd. And there's such a difference between like, of course, I'll show I'll show my parents or somebody older or like my boyfriend's parents like a, t- a tech thing. and And sometimes there are... Boomers are like slightly younger boomers who are better at it. They take it upon themselves to learn these new skills. And it's like I don't don't mind showing someone the same like technical thing over and over again. But like I think my unique thing with my dad is like you didn't put time in into developing a relationship with me like throughout my whole life because that was always mom's job. Like, you know, always when you call – call mom or mom calls you like my mom would be like oh how's this thing how's that thing even if she didn't like understand or know about like the intricacies of like my goals or comedy or whatever she would ask about them and then it would just be like pass the phone to dad dad would kind of check in but really like mom was like holding it down a lot of moms are like this moms are like the glue and dad is just like okay how's your car all right bye you know but now that the glue is gone uh, it's a little sad because my dad is just like, oh, if you ever need anything, it's like, no, I, I don't because I've learned to go my whole life without needing you for emotional support. or, And then I would kind of pride myself on growing to not need his financial support. But that could be a whole other podcast. But the point is, it's, it's interesting because be, what I was imprinted with from my dad was a little, a little bit like I did kind of grow up to be a little bit afraid of men because he, he would spank, you know, like and, and that's what a lot of baby boomers would do. It's like, you get in trouble. And I would just, for some reason, test him all the time. And then I got to college and I became like a dumb, woke liberal and I would irritate him even more, you know, like fighting with him about the homeless, you know, like shit that didn't really matter to my life. I just had to fight with him on everything. And I just, I would piss him off constantly. Um, but, but he was just he would lose his temper and then sometimes he would like spank. And so like that imprinted me the rest of my life being kind of afraid of men and uh, definitely afraid to challenge men. And, and if there was a time, even if a guy I was dating or a male boss would like even raise their voice or even start to feel like they weren't pleased with me, it would trigger that whatever in me that like, not this feeling like, Oh, you're about to get hit. But like, it's, it's just like, you learn this when you go to therapy like what your sort of what your inner child or what your child self develops like out of survival and how it affects you as you grow up so that was that's been my challenge as an adult like okay even if even if you disagree with a male authority figure or your boyfriend like that doesn't mean like shrink shrivel pull back be easy, be a people, be okay with whatever, be like whatever you want or, oh, it's not worth it or like it's not worth the fight. It's not worth the conflict. It's not worth the argument and uh, pulling away from like having a different opinion does not equal this is an argument. This is a conflict. This is something to shy away from because if you do that enough, uh, you lose yourself in a relationship. it's like you're if and when this um, comes to a boyfriend you're actually like robbing that guy the opportunity to truly know you because if you're just endlessly so easy about everything to food to the tv and there's some things I genuinely don't care about like I'm less into tv I'll I'll be like I'll like read a book while my boyfriend's writing uh, watching tv or whatever but if you're easy in in the ways that uh that you actually have feelings and preferences about then you're doing yourself a huge disservice like you're not letting the person know your true self and you're also training yourself to just um not speak up in a sense i don't know if that makes
0: absolutely i mean that. you can you yeah. can bury yourself under so many personas that you genuinely don't know who you are anymore like you can paint so many layers of vanilla over the top that you kind of you you can't crack through it to to get to the other side and speaking from personal experience the girls who've been the most agreeable the ones that I've been dating that have been the most agreeable are the ones I've got bored of the quickest because it's it's kind of not it's like dating nothing hmm, it's like wow. I'm, I'm not actually dating a thing here I'm just dating this like time delay mirror like a shit zoom connection of what I want like what should we watch tonight oh well you can choose where should we go for dinner tonight oh well you can choose and even if you choose something, are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. It's like, just fucking push back. Like, just, just give me something here. Because one of the things that we want from people, I think, if you come from a growth-minded and everyone that's listening is in this, they're go-getters, they're people that want to you know, enjoy life and experience things and improve themselves. If you have that growth mindset, one of the worst things that you can do is to not allow the other person to grow by learning from pushing back against them like because they're just they're never going to feel like you have any more layers they're like okay so you're telling me that basically everything i found out about you within the first couple of weeks of knowing you that's all that there is to know because every time that i say a thing you just fold over like a, uh. like a, like a limp napkin and and then it's just me this relationship's basically me with some dense air
1: and you're, yeah, it's like you're driving it and the, the woman's like in a sidecar. It's like, <laughs> rather, there's like I mean, I think of a good relationship is really a car with two steering wheels, you know, and like, yeah, you could take your hands off the wheel because the other person will steer. Um, but like, yeah, you don't want to be in the sidecar with just you've given up your wheel. And you know what's and and it's so easy for me to just like go with the flow and be like you pick because there's oftentimes I don't care where we eat. Oftentimes I don't care what we watch. Um but it's I've, if you're a person who's struggling with that and you're so used to whatever you want, a good place to start is with what you don't want. Like if, if uh, it's good to practice this, like my boyfriend would be like, what do you want to eat? And I'll genuinely think, well, what do I definitely not want? Like I definitely don't want pizza. I definitely don't want anything like bready or carby. And I definitely don't want sushi because we had that last night. And then that can be an easier – way to, to, because if you're not someone who's used to constantly, because I always would equate it with being a demanding chick. And and I would always be like, well, you don't want to be a demanding chick. Guys don't like a nag. And then that got so deep into my psyche that I just wouldn't ask for anything because I didn't want to be like a demanding nag. But to hear you say like, yeah, you're so, (laughs) a woman can be so not a challenge that you lose interest. You're like, oh no, like I don't, you don't want that either. That fucking sucks.
0: Yeah, it's difficult. It's yeah. it really is like you don't want as with everything the messy middle like somewhere some nice little balance of it all like you want enough pushback but then I've also dated girls who've been so disagreeable that every these tend to be the more sort of intellectual ones but like every conversation has to be justified it ends up with a debate like about, I watched this thing and it was really interesting about that. And then there's a, a 30 minute discussion about, and I'm like, look, I just fucking watched a thing. I don't, I don't want to have a discussion about whether or not that guy killed him or that guy killed him. It's like, it's just, it's just a thing I watched. Like, can we move on? And um, yeah, especially as guys, when dating girls who are disagreeable, I think sometimes you can get almost locked into a. A, a challenge game you enjoy the challenge of constantly trying to slowly wear down the di- disagreeableness whereas with agreeable girls what you're trying to do is bring that disagreeableness out of them so it's kind of the the balance between the two speaking of of dating what were the most regular errors that you made when dating guys
1: Ooh, the errors that i made okay i did take some notes here because uh i have so much to say on this topic <laughs> the, i i um the mistakes i made personally i was first of all and and you guys might not see how this is related but it ties in i spent way too much money like in my 20s even through my 30s just and i think the the pandemic has like really made me put these things into perspective like i spent way too much money i was a slave to consumer consumerism instead of like focusing on discovering my true self like of like, of course it's okay to buy stuff. You know, like I was so happy to buy all my equipment for my podcasting stuff. I'm so happy to buy like, you know, even, even a mug, you know, you know, the other day I like I did Tim pool show. I bought a mug at a diner that, that I was at on the way to go do that. It's like stuff like that is meaningful to me, but like I used to do so much mindless, brainless shopping. And I, I think I was doing it to like fill a void or whatever. Um, And I noticed the more you pull away from just being a a mindless consumer, it's almost like you do it as a stress relief, too. It's like a lot of the TV I used to watch, like, when I was much younger, I would watch Kardashians and, like, the E! Network, like, celebrity stuff with my sister because that was, like, our bonding, shit-talking time with my mom, too. But, like, as I grew into, like, myself more, I would just shop, like, almost to relieve stress or to, like, distract myself from, like what I'm, what's really bothering me. So if you can pull away from that, like check out of that for a while and then really focus like deeply on like, what is it, what is it that I need to pursue? What, like, first of all, what brings me joy? What makes me feel the most alive? And like, how can I pursue that? And, and for a lot of people, it's like, how can I pursue that despite all my responsibilities or my day job or taking care of my sick parents because I think when you hang on to that thing that's also the thing that makes you interesting and edgy or whatever in a relationship it's like yeah sure anybody can be hot or like nice but it's your interests that I think make you like edgy or interesting or like um uh, make a guy be like oh like what's what this is interesting like what's what's under here and it's so easy like we make fun of it like it's so easy to just like be basic and sort of um absorb or consume like the sort of basic easy culture like any meme account like betches or any any like no tick tock or like memes like the classic easy stuff that's easy to consume like if that's if that's your whole world as a woman like oh, man that's just gonna make you so, like kind of intellectually soft and and uh you're not doing justice to yourself because because it's like if you get to be in your 30s and you're like, oh, you can't name off four things that you fucking love that's like you haven't spent that much time digging, you know? So I would just watch it. If you find yourself watching a lot of dumb TV or just a lot of TV in general and uh, I think it's about really finding those. That's your the job of your 20s, I think, is like really finding your interests because that's going to hold you whether or not there's a guy in the picture. And any guy who's like, Truly into you for the long run. That's how you can find out if they're if they're worthy. It's like if they if they get your dreams and your goals and they help you and they support you in pursuing them. Man, that's that's somebody that you got to look into a little bit more deeply and sort of like see that through. And I think the mistakes I made is I overvalued like hot sex and lots of sex. And I, I remember like there was a month where I was just like Google Calendar apps. I think I, there was a month where I banged like. 20 people or something but then it was like it was like an addiction and a high and then they would they would leave and I'd be like who's next you know instead <laughs> of thinking like who was gonna who was gonna be like my personal cheerleader or whatever who's gonna be like my ride or die my best friend or whatever I overvalued hot sex and I overvalued does the guy like me and I completely undervalued like communication speaking up right because I had this brainwashing of like, oh, being easy and being agreeable means you're not being a nag and no man likes a nag. So it was kind of, I had to deprogram that. So I had to, uh, I undervalued communication and I undervalued me liking the guy. It was always like, am I good enough? Am I hot enough? Am I competing amongst these other women? Instead of, flipping it to like, is this guy good enough? Does he even have a job? You know, he was late. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: That's so interesting because yeah. in relationships, the sexual protagonists are almost always the men, right? The, I learned this the other day. There's something called the genie coefficient, which is a way that works out inequality within a system. So it can work out the levels of wealth, inequality between countries. The level of in, uh, the genie coefficient for Tinder is greater than 95% of all countries. All... Wait,
1: Genie, do you mean rubbing a lamp, Genie? No,
0: G- it's it's the GINI. <laughs> G- G- it's like just if it's it's just like some sort oh. of um a particular formula that allows you to work out how much inequality is in a system. The way that it works on Tinder, the bottom 80% of guys are competing for the bottom 20% of girls <gasps> and the top oh, right. 80% of girls are competing for the top 20% of guys. So I. It, both of those situations, you have um, a funnel that people are trying to get past. And actually what you've said there is totally correct. If you as a girl are aiming for that top 20% of guys, you're basically competing with f- three other girls for every one guy that you're trying to get. And they
1: get. all have eating disorders, so you'll never win. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So another thing that was super interesting what you said—it feels like girls fall back to consumerism a little bit. They fall back to this kind of very vanilla, um, easy to consume—the Kardashians, the gossip, the reality TV, that sort of stuff—and um, maybe their comfort, their girl friends. What I think guys, oh, yeah. what I think guys fall back to on the other side of the fence is more um, this kind of like resentfulness like resentfulness to the world, this isolation, this um, general sort of sense of anxiety and malaise around the world's out to get them. Girls sort of fall into comfortable socializing, guys fall into resentful isolation.
1: Yeah, and you see this so much like what you've described is the default setting of when men and women are single, right? When women are single, uh, li- there's this whole culture of like girls and brunch and f- especially if somebody in your group just had a breakup. Oh, it's all hands on deck. Fuck men for like a good month. You know, there's you got to get bombed. You know, we got to help you find a rebound, dick. Like we're going shopping. We're, we're getting you some bangs, honey. You know, all the worst decisions. Never is bangs is
0: bangs one of those? Is that a rebound decision?
1: Like, yeah, a lot of times there's a there's a new haircut. Who this? There's a you know you gotta shake things up because you're like oh I've just suffered a a blow of rejection. Like Better I cut a fringe shake. in. Clearly this was not working, so <laughs> I need to add bangs to the equation. Now I'm a new woman. Now you're like I gotta try again. I have a new haircut. It's blue now. Um. <laughs> And really, it's like you need to sit down with your maybe your patterns, or hey, maybe this fucking guy did you a favor. Like I tripped over so many guys who dumped me. Like so many of my relationships, I was the I was the dumped. I was not the dumper, right? Because I was like, okay, whatever. And if, despite glaring red flags, I'd be like, okay. And then the guy would finally dump me. Thank God, you know, because now I look back and I'm like, oh, I would have wasted even more time if they hadn't dumped me. Um, but yes, the the default female culture is like girls you bond because maybe maybe we're a little bit socially um magnetic gravitating to each other especially when we're younger it's like this whole girl culture going out in groups that's why you get oh why do women go out and go to the bathroom in groups like I was never that chick but I totally get it because it's just whereas with like men I think maybe there's and maybe there is the societal pressure like yeah you have boys night the man cave but like I think men are culturally a little bit more on their own than women whereas like women you kind of it's okay to have a group and so when the two sides are single like what do you have with men like fuck women she screwed me over she divorced me and took all my shit uh, cheated I mean either side can cheat of course but like Men and women handle it differently. And, and when men break off from women, like women have their friends, they have their mom usually to bitch to. Uh, men, this is why men kind of are like, I have nowhere to put these feelings. I have nobody to talk to. Uh, I forget who said it, but in a breakup, men become sort of emotionally homeless and they just are kind of stuck and then maybe there's the added societal pressure of like uh, men can't be hurt or show feelings or talk it out or see a therapist, right? So they're kind of dealing with those feelings on their own and then that's when resentment and anger can, can grow. With women, it's kind of like we get it. We sometimes will handle breakups better because we can purge it out with our friends. We can like drink and dance and then when you're in that fun single place, then you're like, oh, yeah. I did really like to do volleyball. I really like to snowboard. I really like to do art. It's it's when we're single is that we remember who we are and we and we can put more time into our interests because we don't feel like we've got to cut a chunk of ourselves away for a guy. And that's like the challenge of of uh, of women is to you can still be a, a good partner and not lose yourself. You can because when you retain what you like and you make time for it, it actually. It's healthier for both of you and it makes you more interesting, you know, to be pursued and like during that early sort of courting time. It's um certainly from my
0: side as well. I think the most attractive trait that I see in a girl is if I find them um, like ambitious, if I admire them, like if you admire the person that you're with, that's one hell, especially if you're a growth minded person, because everyone that likes to grow looks up to the people that they think have achieved growth or are achieving growth. And they think, wow, I wonder what I can learn from this person. If that's the way that you view, if you admire the person that you're with, it's such a a compulsive, powerful draw toward them. And um, I mean, what's the opposite of of admiration? Like, not resentment, I suppose, pity. Tolerance, right. yeah. Yeah, And like, do you really want to tolerate or pity someone? Like that's that's yeah. the precise opposite. And um, yeah, I would say that for girls, the, the thing that girls don't like about guys based on what I've, based on what I've read and personal experience, the, the biggest turnoff for girls from a guy is being needy. Um, and the biggest turnoff or one of the biggest turnoffs uh, for guys from a girl are being too far at either end of that agreeableness or disagreeableness scale. Mm-hmm. Like if you're yes to everything or no to everything, it's, there's a ticking time bomb here.
1: Wow. Okay, so if you're like, yeah, if you're like a wallflower or you're like a total bitch and it's like, all right, come on, like, you can't eat wings and watch a game with us. You got to have your fucking vegan bullshit, you know, (laughs) like, we've all been with that girl.
0: Wow. How can girls tell if a guy is good for them?
1: Oh, um, I think for me, it was like number one... Do they support your dreams like they would there? Do they treat your dreams and your goals like they would their own? And uh, that's how I kind of knew that my current boyfriend was like something really special because I never had that with anybody else. I felt like I had to be the cheerleader for the dude. But again, I was like younger and uh, I didn't advocate for myself as much, but I think what my current boyfriend did for me, he knew that sort of people pleasing part of me, the the part that doesn't like to like, you know, let my interests be known. And he would catch that. He would be observant and be like, what do you want? No, really, what do you want? Like I picked the last two times or like tell me, like, tell me where you want to eat. Like like whatever is not an answer. Like he would really kind of push me on that and draw it out, which I really needed. And maybe a lot of women need that too. Is like if you catch maybe a slightly undesirable thing in your girl. It's like, don't just like, roll your eyes and be like, oh, just maybe maybe she needs help, like drawing that out. And uh, cause that's what the best relationship, each of you should learn from the other and help each other grow and fix your, your negative patterns and stuff. Um, and I think, yeah, so it was him supporting my dreams and goals. And it's a big part of getting into a relationship is realizing like, your source of novelty and excitement, as you know, it, will change. And that's what's that's where also the culture kind of conflicts. People are are so shocked, like, Oh, why is the divorce rate so high? It's like, because our culture kind of conflicts with the conflicts with the values that are needed to sustain a relationship. It's like, you shouldn't be reading advice columns written by 20 year old women who haven't, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like all advice columns should be written by, like, 60-year-olds, you know, or, like, 70-year-olds who've, like, been been in it with somebody. Like, been in the shit. Um, like, don't don't listen to dating advice from, like, people in their 20s. Like, they just haven't lived enough life. And, uh, and I find a lot of these advice pieces, what they're in, whether it's news or magazine or it's – what's behind that is either pushing some kind of political agenda or they're pushing products. So that's why it's good to kind of disconnect – Like really evaluate where you're kind of looking for advice. Like podcasts, of course, are great or like asking, you know, if you have an aunt and uncle that have been together forever or your parents, if they still really like each other, um, asking them for relationship advice is is better, I think, than consulting the sort of like the mainstream garbage that's out there. Um, And uh, and this this concept of women will hear this a lot, like you deserve it all. Don't settle girl. Like you, like you, you basically telling women that like, uh, your self worth is, is equated with not settling, which is equated with like, if you find one thing wrong in a guy, like toss him out this whole, like you deserve everything or the per it's giving you the message that you deserve to the perfect guy, which doesn't exist. And I fear that in the meantime, you could a woman could be tossing out or a man could be tossing out plenty of like really good people, you know? Um, but it's hard to like and, and and ultimately having a relationship with someone is going to involve, right? Your your novelty and excitement as you know it is gone, right? So it's not the going out, it's not the chase, it's not the pickup. Like for me, I love that shit. I loved like being picked up on like a, a, a whatever weekend or whatever fucking i'd go out tuesday with my ass hanging out i be like let's let's do it so <laughs> and that was so but you know when you're in a relationship you're like okay that's you got to find your novelty and your excitement you have to kind of build it from the ground up with this person so for me my boyfriend like we fucking love snowboarding and it kind of generates that adrenaline and it's The sense of achievement and it's a challenge and we're like falling and busting our ass and we're like laughing about that. So, and it's, you can't bring your single life into, into a relationship. So I think the messages that, that young men and women are hearing are not really are confusing. Um, not, not that saying like, Oh, there are some elements of like conservatism that I think help in terms of like, yeah, if you want to settle down with somebody, like reassess your values and, and, it's, I don't know I think the idea that oh like you deserve it all like don't settle is so damaging because you you can waste so much time waiting for like that perfect person but there's no way to make the idea of sacrifice and working out problems like sexy do you know what I mean like you yeah. can't really meme that the way that you can meme like you deserve it all girlfriend like- <laughs>
0: it's just yeah you this the simplest answer often like is is correct in principle but really bad to try and push forward like very rightly so you should demand everything that you can from your life you as far as we know you only get one existence like this is the last time that you get to have this time so yeah go after the things that you want but don't be a bitch about it or don't be a dick about it like you don't have to hold people to account so ruthlessly that it sucks one of the things i'm interested in why what it was that you were getting from being picked up and from that attention what what was it feeding in you that you in that was a, a hole or that that made you feel so good why did it feel so good
1: oh it hit like drugs like and i i don't know if i can fully explain why it just felt like um yeah like being it was super validating um being desired like i just loved the chase i like loved being chased i loved like even sometimes now, I'll, like, look at my random like DM requests and it'll be, you know, just fans, like, oh, I have a crush on you. And sometimes that'll hit, like, a little spot in me that's like, hmm, you know what I mean? Um, maybe it's deep down, there's a fear of, like, being taken for granted or um, abandoned. I don't really know. I just know that it's its always, and I'm somebody who like, when I'm at my low vibrational, like left to my own devices, if I were single and like not in a good place, oh boy, could I be a huge slut in like no time flat. And that would be the only thing I would do. You know, I wouldn't, cause I look back at the times where I was like that, oh, I didn't pursue shit except for dick. like. I was like dick appointments, you know what I mean? I was like, I, yeah, that's nice, but I am late for my next dick appointment." And then it would be if it's bad, it's a joke, it's a story, but if it's great, man, it's great. You tell your girlfriends about it. Maybe that ends up in your stand-up set too and just um it was this feeling of like I, I maybe I'm a dude deep down. Like it was this feeling of like um like the chase, or just like really, I would get in my head. I was like about adding up my numbers, and um, just like um, I, I don't know, I don't know what was behind it. I I think uh, people would listen to this and say, "Oh, daddy issues, classic." You know, maybe um, I never had like a great dad, so I don't know what to compare it to. Like, oh, he was great. Like, yeah, he he paid for shit. He would fix my car, but like he never really asked me like. What I thought or felt or like, talk to me about the shit that it was important to me. So I I
0: wonder what it's going to be like. Like, I can't wait to be a dad, and I, I wonder what it's going to be like if I have girls. Like trying to communicate to girls, because like even the wife that you've got, you don't have to communicate in the way that you do from a guy to a to a girl. It is. It must be the chasm that you have to leap linguistically conceptually emotionally spiritually like it's a it's a big old a big old hole thinking about the (laughs) big hole Uh, thinking about the um
1: i've been called worse
0: the way that (laughs) girls often go in and out of relationships like everyone's got that girl friend i think it's i have it personally in my experience it's more rare with guys to have the one that is just like maximum length of time being single is sort of three and a half weeks. And it's like wow. one ovulation. You get one ovulation single <laughs> and then and then you're back in a relationship you gotta go again.
1: Throw out your scent again. Yeah, you gotta get back out there. <laughs> That's it's why everybody's so working on cop cars in Miami right now. Wow. Um Oh God, now I wonder if that was me. No, I went um I went a couple yeah, it was a couple months between my last <laughs> couple boyfriends oh it's um everyone I remember my friends gave me shit like oh you rushed into another relationship wouldn't necessarily base it on that because if you're not you can also take time for yourself in a relationship you you may not need to be uh I need to take six months or a year off of dick to find myself like I've heard women do that but you should be able to also find yourself or reclaim yourself in a relationship too. Like those are good skills. It's that whole like, "Up, have I lost myself? Am I cranky? Am I angry? Irritable? Oh, maybe that means I'm not doing what I want to do." Or like, um, I feel tense. Oh, I'm not I'm not like saying my true feelings. I'm feeling stagnant. Yeah, that probably means something needs to move
0: emotions. Isn't it interesting yeah. that all all of those things there? I think, are, are probably a lot rarer to find in guys. So those are the things that guys can rely on. Like if a guy go, gets single, at least sort of within my friend group, they'll lean into their business. They'll lean into their entrepreneurship. They'll lean into reading more, meditating more, training more. Um, that's where they'll go for strength, whereas that might be somewhere that girls would go for weakness or where they would shy away from is where men would lean into.
1: I think I have known like, women like yeah you when you are single it's like oh yeah like now I have time for myself again which sometimes that does mean working out more you're back to your like single single girl schedule and it's like you probably would fill in that boyfriend time with like friend time or like yeah trying to get dick time depending on like how you take it how you you take the breakup it's always good to yeah maybe men are healthier in that way like yeah I'm gonna focus on my business or strengthen my body my mind like yeah that's uh and it sucks it shouldn't take a breakup for us to kind of recalibrate and reprioritize those things because man those things are so important all the time it makes you a better you it makes you a better more interesting partner so it's uh I think we waste a lot of time being like oh whose fault was it what's wrong with me I need to talk to them and I need more chances or, uh, Oh, you got to figure it out. Like sometimes things fall apart and that that's, I don't know if you believe in God or whatever, like things are meant to happen. And it's like one of you might want to get back together. Okay. Like see and see what happens there. But like, yeah, sometimes the breakup can be the, the best thing. And uh, maybe that person breaks up with you or you break up with them and it allows you to like, Oh, just recalibrate on your whole shit. Um, but I think, uh, God, did I talk about, you were asking, oh yeah, this is like what women do. Like we, uh, a lot of us don't ask for things like, right in relationships, like we've discussed, but also in our careers and that can lead to so much stagnation. Cause you think like, oh, um, if I were good enough, like they would just hand me the thing or the, or the promotion or the raise or whatever. And I learned, like, you know, I learned it eventually, but it would have been nice to learn this maybe 10 years ago. It's like, bitch, you have to ask for it. You have to demand it, especially when it comes to your career and your goals. Like, be fucking annoying. Be the follow-up circle back queen, you know? Um, and, it, and like, and you won't be annoying. It's okay. Like, when it comes to business, like, you have to just learning to not take things personally is also one of like the best lessons. Cause if someone's not giving you what you think you want or need in a relationship, like, Oh, they're not spending as much on me for my birthday as I spent on them for their birthday. Oh man. Just try to take shit like that. Not like, that's how a woman's empathy and, um, almost like our psychic abilities can come back and like, fuck us up, you know? Uh, because you're so observant, you're
0: able to see the differences.
1: Yeah, like, oh, I spent $500 on his birthday and I feel like he spent like barely anything on mine. Does that mean he doesn't really love me as much or is he cheap or it's like he might just be clueless. He might just have like no clue um, what to get you. And it took me a couple of years in my relationship to learn like I got to send him a cu- even though it feels weird. I got to send him a couple links of things I want, like birthday or Christmas, which I was so hesitant to do because me, that felt like I'm being needy. I'm I'm being too asky. I'm being too demanding. Oh, my God. Like once I unhooked, like I thought everything was being fucking too demanding. So <laughs> is it,
0: there's another side of that coin as well, which is like he should know if he cared. He oh, yes.
1: Yeah, there's so much of that. Like, I've felt that way about bosses, boyfriends, family members. Cause like, I feel like I'm super perceptive and can figure things out. Well, if I'm this perceptive of them and we've been together the same six years, why can't he perceive things in me? And then you take that personally. Um, so yeah, your superpower can also be your fucking greatest weakness as well. Or the thing that uh, screws you over. But I think another important like piece of advice is, you get, and for me, I would always be somebody who would get have to get advice from all my friends. Like with any breakup, like oh, what do I do? You hash it out, just to make sure that you like you, you know you weren't the person in the wrong. Oh, he sucks, he sucks. You have to get that validation that like you're still okay, and uh, it can be so easy to get advice from so many other people. But like the more you can tune into yourself, and uh, the more you can rely on yourself as the person you get advice from, oh, the better, all the better because let's say your best friend is out of the country and you're having a crisis and you're like well i can't function unless i talk to Teresa." it's like the more you can rely on yourself even even right now like i've been seeing my therapist for like i think four years and i think i'm about to break up with her (laughs) honestly over politics like it's it's starting to bother me like um yeah and uh and, and i'm realizing like i think it's okay and i remember this is the same therapist who like told me at one point like yeah maybe you might need to break up with like my current boyfriend like of course we've had ups and downs and I remember she like and I was like I think a younger Chrissy would have been like gotta listen to the therapist she's a professional but like there was just something in me that was like no just like work on this like that was just you know saying like pull through he's a good guy or whatever and uh and now it's like, oh, yeah, because I started seeing her because my mom was, like, diagnosed with cancer and I was feeling the stagnation in my relationship. But I realized that's just because I wasn't communicating enough. Like, it wasn't – anytime it feels like, uh tense, it's like – it's just got to – emotions have to move through. Like, they can get stuck just like a muscle can get sore or whatever. You just got to, like, keep talking. That's, like num- – it's number one and it's so hard. But, oh, yeah, at least, like, recently with my therapist, like, I was finding – like she's, she's in New York, like she's super liberal. And like, I I found in the last couple of years, like I've been getting, I've been pulling away from like kind of liberal. I've be, I'm becoming like less woke, you know, like kind of anti-woke even. And uh, I think I brought up that I voted for Trump. And I think after that she started a little bit, I don't know, I could just perceive this slight bit of like judgment. And I was like, oh, I think I need to break up with her. And then Here's what she said that made me realize, like, oh, shit, maybe I don't need this therapist anymore. She said, like, oh, but, like, she's raising these her rates. And then she said to me, like, well, I know a couple who makes less than you, and they can pay it. And I was like, oh, oh, oh that's, that's interesting. So it's weird sometimes. Just like our our parents or our therapists, they can sometimes reveal their personhood instead of their, like, heroic uh you know person who gives you advice or something like we're all just fucking people at the end of the day you know do you have the more you can like look within and be like does it tune into your gut and like does this feel right am i missing something am i am i serving myself am i feeding my am i listening to my inner child like what's the stuff you like to you liked to do as a kid and you haven't done that in a really long time like okay well it's probably time to make time for that i love
0: that I love that advice. I tell people that so much. Whatever you did for fun between the ages of like eight and 14, you will adore doing when you're 32. Like, it, it's just awesome. Although, I went back and played a sport that I hadn't played in a decade and uh, ruptured my Achilles the first time that I did it. So, like, condition yourself before right. you get back not into. Every,
1: right. Because I started giving blowjobs at 14, which is way <laughs> too much. I would not
0: recommend. It. I didn't. It wasn't even.
1: One thing. That, well,
0: oh God! <laughs> One of the things that's super interesting is, um, for guys, I think there is a a really important inflection point that we all get to at like twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine. Some are a little bit later, and it's what I've dubbed the manopause. So it's a change when you let go of the old, quite juvenile, really base, transient relationships. You start to realize, okay, like. I need to understand what the word integrity means. Maybe I don't need to have it just yet, but at least I need to understand what it means. I can't continue to get wasted and get a couple of bags in on a weekend and sniff my head off with the boys until Monday morning and then like not really do anything. Like, I I can't do that. Like I need to I need to knuckle down and, and, and try and do stuff. And that r- seems to be really formative. I know there's tons and tons of guys that are of that age group that are going through the manopause right now and are, are trying to come out on the other side as this, much more aligned, much more awakened, better understood human, what are the key ages that you found or what are the ones that your girlfriends went through where you saw these real profound changes?
1: That's so interesting that you say that, first of all, because like around the age of 28 is also um, and and I don't want people that are like not into astrology to immediately tune out. But like 28 is also the age of like your Saturn return. And it's a it's it's a year of like a lot of sort of like change and growing up and things are coming together and you're sloughing off like old bullshit. So I'm sure that's part of it. Um, It's so different for women because we have the added uh, thing of. Do I want to have kids or not? And and I would say just uh, you don't want to start thinking about that. Like if you don't want to start thinking about kids until you're thirty five, that sucks because it might take you a few years to to even find somebody like decent who would be a good dad. So even if you're even if you're sitting here listening at thirty and you're like I definitely don't want kids, it's like yeah if you approach finding. A guy almost like who would be a good dad, I think you'll you'll ultimately end up with a better partner. And uh and it's and that's the thing, is like hooking up is so fun. Oh man, but now looking back, I know that like there's only really 10 or 12 different kinds of dudes. And and it's like, you know, you don't need four, five, six rounds of that. You know, now <laughs> looking back, it's like, yeah, I had a lot of type ones, twos, sevens, I had a lot of twelves, you know, like like You don't, you know, it's fun to be, like, single and and slutty. I had a great time. But it's, like, now going back, it's, like, yeah, I would have been good sleeping with half of the guys that I slept with. Like, I didn't need to have that many experiences because a lot of them were the same. You're going to have a lot of, like, ah, oh, the really hot guy that's out of your league. Not talking to anybody on this podcast, of course. Or, like, you know, the guy with a really great job, and he's, like, not too good-looking. Or, or like, whatever. The guy who's, like, kind of short, but he's obsessed with you. Or, like, uh, the bro comedian. Or, like, uh, the rich finance guy who's cheating on you. It's, like, you don't need to have all those experiences six times. So it's, like, um, not that I would... And that's the thing, is, like, of course, I have all this looking back. I can say, like, yeah, I... I was, uh, the idea is just to like figure out what you want sooner rather than later. So I would say like, yeah, when you're out of college or out of school or whatever, whatever, like, that's the thing. If your goals are in line, if you really are like, it's the growth, the growth mentality is truly everything. Cause if you want to build something and you have dreams, it's like that has to stay primary and then whoever comes into that is either going to support that and if they don't well then they need to go because like don't lose sight of what you want to build and that could just be that you know that that doesn't mean you have to be ceos like maybe the thing you want to build is a family which is totally cool but um try to figure that out sooner rather than later because it's like the the goal is to not waste time right and and even if you're not so set on your goals, be like, okay, what do I just value? You know, whether it's hanging out with your family on the weekends or like, for me, a big lesson was like, my boyfriend has a, has a son and I started dating him. The kid was like four years old. Now he's 10. And the thing that I struggled with was like, uh, basically like, why, (laughs) why am I not getting all the attention? Like I really had to struggle with like, chunking off a lot of our boyfriend girlfriend time is like his dad time because he would see his kid every other weekend and like man like that was a good lesson for me to have because I was also a person who struggled with like needing a lot of attention so it, it was almost like I finally came to the conclusion of like Chris, you kind of need to grow up in a way like this kid didn't ask to be born um he's <laughs> he doesn't solely exist just to keep you from having sex, you know? <laughs> I started seeing him as his own, like, own person. And, uh, hey, what unique strengths of mine can I sort of impart on him? Or how can I, you know what I mean? How can I give, like, the best of myself to this, like, young person? And, uh, and now I'm this sort of cool step-girlfriend, and we, like and I feel like my sense of humor is rubbed off on him, but it was in the beginning. I was like, Oh, he's got the fucking kid again. Like this, you know what I mean? Like I really was struggling with it. It's hard to date somebody with a kid, but, uh, always look for like what you can learn in the situation. I don't even know if I'm answering the question.
0: No, I think that you are. And one of the interesting things that, um, that, that comes up when you, you look at the, path of people that haven't got their goals sorted out is they do just get blown by the wind the sad thing is i I wonder we can all look back with the wonderful perspective of wisdom right and x number of years i'm 33 you said you're 37 look back and go god all of the stuff that i now take for granted or that i sorry all of the stuff that i value is so obvious like it's so plain It's now written into the source code of the way that I see the world. Like I obviously could have realized this at 21 or at however many guys instead of double the number of guys (laughs) or whatever it might be.
1: Less than 100.
0: Okay. So (laughs) I could have obviously reached this because to me now, these realizations are so obvious. But one of the problems is it's not just about having the lessons written out in a bulleted list and this is why i think that podcasts are so important because your life isn't changed by an instagram quote when you're scrolling through why because there's no context you're going like booty picture booty kick picture funny cat video booty picture inspirational quote funny cat video like you need the context around the message that you're getting you need to hear it from a thousand different angles and a hundred different people you need all of the different ex- examples and you said like you don't need to date the same guy with a different name and a different face six times to learn the lesson you could have learned from the first one but lessons are quite hard learned sometimes like you do need to hammer them home with a number of different mallets as it sounds like you were hit with and um then <laughs> like
1: this is sounding so sexual all know, of a sudden. Which, like, you <laughs> keep bringing it up
0: and um yeah i just think that they're really hard learned these lessons are super super difficult to to get into your head But certainly focusing on what it is that you want to do and not taking things. I think everybody takes stuff too seriously, especially when you're you're 21. Whatever the thing is that's happening has probably at most happened maybe once or twice before. So obviously it's going to be a big deal. If this is only your second breakup or maybe your first breakup, it's going to be massive because you've never had one before. When you're on breakup number 20... Inevitably just the size of the waves is going to be smaller because the scale of the map that you're looking at is going to be less. So yeah, I think um mm, we can berate we can berate ourselves over not arriving at our realizations earlier. But on the flip side of that, I I wonder how much how quick we can iterate on it in any case. If you're twenty three and single and love drinking margaritas and and partying with your girlfriends thursday friday saturday every week like you're not in the place to even receive the message even if you got it
1: yeah yeah and it's just like i guess it's like you don't learn it until you learn it it's so wild because you can't uh right like and, and i remember i hated hearing when i was in my 20s oh you gotta have a kid soon i fucking hated hearing that you know like i I I would hear it from my mom and I'd be like, I'm not even the guy I like. You know what I mean? I hated, um, you know, I would move from apartment to apartment. I'd be renting forever. and My mom would be like, and I would just be like, oh, I want to buy like a nice bed or a nice chest of drawers or something. And she'd be like, no, don't. When you settle down, like she would almost shame me for renting. And uh, I hated that because I was like, Oh, and in her eyes, I'm not like good enough to buy like a good piece of furniture yet. i like, what? Um, so some people are so at odds with like what their parents are telling them to do. Um, yeah, it's so that, that's the bitch of it is like for women because it's like you could be so convinced you don't want to have kids in your 20s or even through your 30s and then you could wake up like in your 40s and be like, fuck, I really want to have a kid so
0: that's the challenge right like that's the that's the big elephant in the room i think of of modern life especially for women um a really reassuring stat is that in the uk more women had children over the age of 40 than under the age of 20 last year whoa yeah wow which is pretty cool um but there are some challenges that girls face now you think about the loss of tradition of marriage, the increase in transient sex, the fact that allowing women into the workplace with more equality actually makes them have to make a really difficult decision. Because previously, if there was no career on the table, you didn't have to choose between career and family. Like, obviously, in a democratic society that's a meritocracy where you can be anything you want to be, we love the idea of giving people choices. But the paradox of choice can hurt because when you have a choice to make that's on you you're always going to think about whether or not you made the right one. Whereas if you're just pushed into one direction, people oddly are actually more satisfied with the outcome. So I'm not, I'm not saying that we need to go back to not allowing women in the workplace, but my point is that dispensing, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> disp- yeah, just stay at home, yeah. reading Dr. Seuss books and dispensing oh, yeah. with the traditions of the past means that you now have challenges that there aren't any um, existing narratives to give you the solution to. Like, we don't know what it's like for women to be in the workplace for more than, like, 40 years or 50 years properly. Like, this experiment is two generations long, and we think that we understand how it works. It's really challenging. So, yeah. um,
1: It's really challenging. And then there's, like, this whole fear, like, oh, like, you got to get a job with health benefits so you can have the kid, but you don't want to get hired and then immediately take off because you're pregnant too soon because that looks bad. Are you going to get shit for that? Are you then going to get shit for taking a, a like a leave of absence a, a, a maternity leave and then some going to take your job before you before you come back some you know
0: can that happen surely that can't happen
1: some cat loving twat comes in and takes your job you know like i don't know you never know right because you're away and especially with new york city there's like this but pre-pandemic was such like every job feels like devil wears Prada there's just so much competition and <laughs> and uh hustle and like everyone's at your throat you'd say it's just like and uh so it's like oh you finally take off to have this kid and like uh when you come back are you seen as like uh, uh like problematic or like uh you know uh too demanding oh i got to take off for my kids oh, i got to leave concerts meetings and then is your boss going to like roll your eyes and be like, "Ugh, you were a lot more committed when you were fucking 21 with no kid." It's really hard. It's so hard. And and I would I'm going to blame the culture for a lot of this because man, does the culture make it so easy to Instead of like, learn, let's say you need to learn a lesson, a, a pattern, a toxic pattern about yourself, whatever, it's from your parents or whatever. And then you, instead of like learning that lesson with that with guy number one, you're like, well, uh, we had that first argument. Goodbye. Back on the app. Swipe, swipe, swipe. You're you're fresh. Right. With guy number two. But you're you're like, and let's say that issue doesn't come up for another three months. Oh, oh well, part of you is like, I don't want to learn that lesson. Oh, he's he's a dick dump you know back on the app swipe 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 you're with guy number three same issue comes up six months in you know what i mean like so now a lesson you could have learned in a month has now taken maybe a year because we're in this like disposable people are kind of disposable that you know there's unlimited options on the apps you can always there's so many more fish in the sea but like is it possible that you just delayed you learning that lesson out a year and some people do that for, I mean, many, many years, they'll, they'll avoid learning lessons. So... I'll
0: tell you what's weird. The boiling down of the culture to its sort of simplest terms, you talked about TikTok and meme culture earlier on, that really does reduce down all the context that we were saying drives these points home and allows you to understand the lessons. It, if you turn something into a lovely pithy little aphorism, like if anything is the length of a tweet you probably need to know more than just that to fully understand it. Like that's that's a pretty good rule to use. But because we're living on social media and it's this real transactional transient just communication about what, do, does it rhyme? Has it got clap emojis in between each word? Is there a full stop oh at the end? Like all of these <laughs> yeah. things somehow-
1: That's it, ma- that's the tweet. Like yeah, they these, make the yeah. truthfulness
0: of the, of the statement somehow seem better. And you're like, it doesn't change the actual, the intellectual- yeah. uh, realism of whatever somebody's talking about isn't affected by their emoji use but Mm -hmm. what we do you just
1: sound cuntier like you've just made (laughs) the voice of the tweet sound like a cunty a cunty person is saying this like who puts an emoji claps in between each thing and that's the thing is like we're all like a lot of us are copycats you see other people doing oh this person's cool they have a lot of followers i'll start doing that and yeah it's so true what you said about needing context so much of twitter is like Inside jokes or or people talking to their people, right? Like, just today I made like inside jokes. I made it like a stand-up comedy inside joke. I said like, um, I'm like, you know, when you're at a comedy club and there's like this drunk girl and she's an attention whore and she's heckling and she's ruined everybody's time and everyone's like she's so annoying and then finally that girl leaves and everybody claps. That's what Chrissy Teigen leaving Twitter feels like, <laughs> which is really like. Yes, that requires context, but if you know, you know and it's funny. So, but Twitter wasn't designed for context.
0: No, it wasn't. And the other thing as well is that when you boil that down, people don't want to learn difficult lessons because the obvious stuff should be so obvious. And that's why you say like, "Oh, you're too good for him." Or you know, like clapping back. Like what do you what <sighs> do you mean? Like you've you've created an entire like intellectual subsection based around a fucking emoji. Like that's,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clapping back. That just means you don't want to like learn a hard lesson about yourself, probably. <laughs> clapping back? No, maybe, maybe, maybe you just like uh maxed out too many credit cards. Maybe you need to look at your finances instead of clapping back. I don't know. Like,
0: <laughs> one thing it's that a, I,
1: it's a band aid.
0: <laughs> one thing that I thought that might be interesting is: Do you think there's any traits that guys should take from girls? are there any things that girls do that guys would benefit from like adding into their emotional or social repertoire?
1: Yeah. I think guys could be a little bit better at like reaching out to their friends. I think sometimes guys, they get too, uh, like they feel like they have to deal with all their shit on their own, like in their own heads. And, uh, just, just from like, Guys that I'm close to, like, yeah, it's almost like, right? You don't want to become emotionally homeless. Like, almost like have your, keep in touch with your, not saying like you could be dumped anytime or divorced at any time, like, but like keep up with your guy friends. um Like, really try to put an extra effort in that because it's so easy to just like let the days and weeks and months. And I'm sure we could all think of just now in the last year, like, man, there's a handful of people I haven't talked to in a really long time, but I think. There's something about guys that just maybe they're all so focused on work and then maybe their wife and their kid is a handful and then it seems like the first thing to go when a guy settles down are his friends which is so sad because I think women are better at keeping in touch like stereotypically. So I would say yeah like for guys, like don't, don't lose your, your friends. Cause I think some of them think like, oh, well they have kids. They're, they're not going to be down for like the group snowboarding trip anymore. You have to eliminate like a whole swath of friends that have kids. And and that sucks. They probably feel like, like don't, I guess don't count anybody out automatically.
0: I think a reverse of that is if you are the guy that's got a lot of stuff going on, remember that when your friends offer you to do stuff, if you say no enough times, they're going to stop offering you to do stuff. Like, because yeah. I know what it's like if you are running a business or trying to do things or even just focusing obsessively, neurotically focusing on yourself, doing self-work in a way which you know is making you a better person. But when someone decides to reach out to say, hey, man, like, do you want to go for food this week or something? Uh, li- leave them red. Like, no, no like, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, oh, uh, like, can't do it or uh, too busy this week or whatever it might be. It's like, you don't have no one has that many friends nobody has a sufficient friends to be a dick to the friends that you have so yeah i think um on both sides of it remember to continue to sort of keep in touch with the people that you should but also remember to be responsive when that happens it's so easy for guys especially the ones that are in relationships combination of the elitist like i'm in a relationship and you're not like fuck off i get i get sex on tap uh, along with the The missus might give me stick. I might get in trouble by. I don't almost don't want to ask. Like, Uh, I I hear
1: so much of that from like my boyfriend's friends. Like, oh, I gotta ask the boss. It's like, ugh, who wants to be part of something like that? I don't know. Maybe that's just me not being like typical, like chick. It's a very common
0: among like past relationships, but that's born out of the girl being insecure around you not liking her sufficient sufficiently. Um, The subtext of i'm going out with my friends is you are choosing your friends over me which is you don't like me sufficiently so really really where it comes from is you just needing to say look i want to spend time with you i enjoy spending it's it's a reassurement it's a cry out for attention and reassurement but god it gets so old so quick and you can only take a few of those before it before it sort of starts to and it'll it'll totally degrade the relationship because if if everything that a guy has to do outside of the relationship, he knows he's going to come with this, like Permission McDonald's, ha- yeah, the, yeah. Well, this McDonald's Happy Meal of like extra toys and there's a bag of grapes and all of this other stuff that I need to, <laughs> I need to eat before I can actually get to the fucking meal. <laughs> you don't have those in America, do you? You just ha- you we just have, have like
1: apple slices.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they're they're deep fried, aren't they? They're deep fried and they're inside of a donut. You need to eat the donut That's to get sweet. to the to get to them
1: yeah there's apple slices inside of a donut they'll give you like a bag of like wet apple slices that are like obviously there's some kind of preservative in there keeping them like from going you know brown um, but that's so interesting and it's like it's good to think of yourself as like even if you're the best girlfriend or wife ever it's like you're still just one color and uh, you need there's certain colors that he's not gonna get from you like you get a color like you're trying to everyone's trying to be a rainbow right whatever but it's like, a woman's like, you are you might be a great blue, you're a great shade of blue, but you're still blue. And like, maybe working out is yellow. And his, you know, his business or his feeling of building something, okay, that's orange. And maybe like, kids are red, or like, whatever, like, playing guitar is the purple and it's like you can't don't even try to be all the colors like don't try to be that don't be the cheesecake factory that thinks it's so good at oh, making god all i food.
0: fucking love the cheesecake factory oh
1: really maybe it's a bad example.
0: <laughs> but no 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 no. so i get I, it's a perfect it's a perfect analogy for what you're talking about but god the cheesecake factory is phenomenal like that place <laughs> the fact that
1: maybe i mean like the pizza place that also tries to do chinese food that okay also yeah tries to do
0: I wish yeah. I I want I don't know if they have them in the UK. They every time that I go to America and it's so bad because all of my America friends look down on me. Like I love Denny's. Denny's to me I am like yeah, they do unbelievable breakfast. They're open at like 5:30 yeah. a.m for no reason at all. They they they, they still haven't closed yeah, like, and yet also haven't opened yet. And um Yeah.
1: I have diners. Yeah, that means you're like a not high maintenance yeah, I get down with Olive Garden, like, oh, why not Applebee's? Yeah. I
0: love it. Look, Chrissy, uh, I really, really appreciate you coming on. Hopefully we've saved some people, some girls and maybe some guys from, uh, making some awful mistakes. Where should people go? They want to check out more of your stuff.
1: I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like the number one thing is like, do they care about your goals? Uh, yeah, check me out on all things social media at Chrissy Mayer. Um, check out the Chrissy Mayer podcast, which is on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud. Chris was on an episode. It was really, really wonderful. Um, I'll do interviews with... Like literally everybody, political personalities, libertarians, porn stars, comedians, like there's something for everybody. And then uh, I have a show called The Wet Spot on Compound Media, which is a subscriber-based network, uh, Mondays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, and that's like a sex-dating relationship, like fluffy, fun advice show. But yeah, like my podcast stuff is all free, so check that out and yeah follow me on all the things and i i'm doing stand-up i have a huge stand-up tour if you're listening if you're in the u.s at all just go to my website chrissymayer.com for tickets like i'll be going to you know delaware florida oklahoma austin nashville alabama cleveland
0: appleton so check it out sick is your tim pool episode up yet as well
1: oh yes it is yeah i was uh i was just on tim pool on monday so that's up if you want to check that out yeah we talk about like comedy cancel culture stuff which is always fun
0: awesome thank you for coming on
1: thanks chris
0: thank you very much for tuning in don't forget that you might be listening but not subscribed i see you i see you all in the analytics on the back end lurking listening but not having pressed that subscribe button so just go and do it also, don't forget that you can get the perfect straight smile that you have always dreamed of at 70% cheaper than other Invisible Align methods by going to dwaligners.co.uk slash modernwisdom. And you can get 37% or greater off everything site-wide, including clothing, accessories, supplements, and apparel at bit.ly slash Modern wisdom and the code modern wisdom at my protein checkout to get that fat discount. Whew. Peace.